Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm broadcasting this morning bright and early from the bright red desk at 10 in the morning. I'm a little squeaky because I haven't talked yet today, and the cat is moving. Um, it's a beautiful Memorial Day, not Memorial Day, Labor Day weekend, marking the end of the summer. Memorial Day weekend, of course, marked at the beginning of the summer. And uh, here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're bidding adieu. All the swimming pools in the city close this weekend, after this weekend. Uh, there's free pools all over New York, one in my neighborhood up on uh, 76th Street, John. Um, and they all the, all the lifeguards go home, and the pools shut down, and it's, it's kind of sad. Um, I know I'm going to the beach and the pool tomorrow with a friend whose pool also shut down, it's Joanne, who lives out on Long Island, Hannah Pepe, and I are going to play in the pool last day of summer. So I hope you're enjoying the last bits of summer as we go towards fall. Let me tell you, you're going to really feel that fall arrives this week. The energy's very fast, very quick, 90 miles an hour, maybe 110. My sister was in from uh, Germany to last week when we were taking care of my dad a couple weeks ago. She was talking about speeding on the Autobahn. And getting a ticket. She got a ticket for speeding on the Autobahn, which I thought was pretty interesting. They take pictures of you speeding. They don't even try to pull you over. And then they mail it to you, and you have to pay the ticket. So she's gotten tickets on the Autobahn. So we're all going to be riding on the German Autobahn, 90 miles, 110 miles, 100, 200 miles. We're going to be going really fast starting this week. We have a lot of shifts and changes in the sky. And whenever that happens, it's a busy, busy week. And this week we have quite a few things going on. So let's, out further ado, let's get into them. Um, I did have a couple of questions from people last week because I talked about activating your planets uh, and how I, every day, try and go through and activate my planets and talk to them or get them busy, right? Because the idea is they're all your planets, and if you don't use them, somebody else does. So I like to own my planets. I'm a little territorial Virgo, right? So what you do, because people wrote and said, how do I do that? What you do, and, and I think this is the easiest way, frankly, there's things called rulership books. My favorite is Mike Munchasey's. Uh, but Rex Bills has one. Lee Lehrman has one. And what rulership books do is they give you a list of all the things that the planet is in charge of and all the things that the house is in charge of and all the things that the sign is in charge of. So you have these three different lists, and you go, okay, so my Venus is in Aries. Now, somebody actually wrote with this. My Venus and my Mars are in Aries. Um, how do I activate them? Go shoot guns. Mars likes to shoot guns. Take them dancing. Take them hiking. Take them kickboxing. Take them to exercise class. Aries likes to do things. Have a good, rousing fight with them. Fight with yourself. Have, you know, one minute do Venus, one minute do Mars. Uh, take action with them. Light candles with them because Aries is the sign of matches or light matches with them. Make a list of all the different things that Aries likes to do. Make a list of all the different things that Venus likes to do. And then make a list of all the different things that the house likes to have happen in it. And then you've got a little pile you can pick from. So whenever a planet's going into a new sign, like when Uranus went into Pisces, uh, I was like, okay, I wrote an article for a publication. I'm like, all right, weird Uranus, shoes, Pisces, right? 
you know, I kind of gave all these Piscean words and all these weird words, all these Uranian words. I shouldn't say Uranian, this is just weird. Um, all these Uranian words. And, and a combo of this is what we could expect, kind of a checklist, like a Chinese menu. And then you have a list of different things that your Venus in Aries, in whatever house she's in, likes to do. And then you do one of them every morning. You know, you just jump around, you have a fight with someone, you climb the stairs, you run to the front of the train, you run to the front of the line, because Aries likes to be first. You know, you do something that stimulates the Venus. You wear red lipstick. You put on bright red lipstick. I had a friend come over the other day. Venus was, uh, there was, Moon was in Aries, aspecting her Venus, and she came walking in the door with this amazing bright red lipstick, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen you in red lipstick before. And she's like, you know, people have been saying that to me all day. And I'm like, well, that's Venus. You're Venus, you're Aries, you know, red, red, red lipstick. And I dragged her over to my computer, and I showed her a uh, a video, the mashup of Taylor Swift um, on Blank Space and whatever it is. It's a couple singing and he's singing, "You've got that bright red lipstick that I love," you know. And it's a great, it's a great song. At any rate, um, yeah. So that's how you do it. You make a list, and you know, and of course, your planets. You're already doing your planets every day, but the idea is to consciously check in and say, "Hi Venus, I'm going to put some red lipstick on because you're in the mood for red today," you know. And off we go. Right. Not hard. And a rulership book helps, plus it helps you learn your astrology. You come up with some interesting combinations or some interesting, oh, that, that, and that, and sometimes you find something you really like. I was talking to one of my uh, more scorpionic uh, students, and, you know, she's got a real Scorpio chart, and a lot of stuff comes flying at her. And I said, well, you know, you maybe use your planets. So she took up shooting. She went down to the west side, gun range and took a rifle course and then mentioned that she was an actress and the guy at the rifle range said well we have a training program here for actresses and actors where we can teach you in all the different kinds of guns so come on down and and so she learned to shoot an AK and I'm kind of like god he never mentioned that to me (laughs) you know but I obviously don't need to shoot guns for my energy Um, I did it once which was fun but uh, she's getting certified in all these different gun handlings, which is very appropriate for all the, the fire energy in her chart. And it was quite a fluke, but it was. she said, it's very satisfying to shoot all these guns. It's that way. And then what happens is the energy is used up, and it, it just makes it happier. So hopefully that answered the question. Now for station identification. Tuscany, May 9th to the 15th. We're going to put it up on the website in a week or so. Um, And it is great for single people traveling, too, because we're going to pick you up at the airport in Rome and drop you off at the airport in Rome and bring you to Florence. For a sneak peek of it, look at Trattoria del Cole, D-E-L-C-O-L-L-E, in uh, Tuscany. That's where it's going to be held. The place is beautiful. The website's stunning. And uh, we're going to put it up next week, so you can, uh, right before my birthday, you can sign up for it and check. In the meantime, check it out. They got a bunch of YouTube videos, and they have a stunning website. I went through the pictures of the food with my 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 assistants, and we all were like, "Oh my God, look at the food! Look at the food!" So, in addition to learning astrology, you'll be able to have fabulous food. And there also are other parts of the program where we'll do meditation and we'll do yoga and we'll do all sorts of cool things. 
but mainly it's learning astrology. You'll get a lot of astrology. And uh, so check it out. Check out the place. Get, get a little tease in there. Trattoria del Col, May 9th to the 15th. Now, I did say the wrong dates last week. Hey, Mercury's still in his shadow, but now I got it right. Then Philly. I'm going to Philly on uh, September. going to be speaking at the Philly chapter on September um, 23rd uh, in their chapter down there. And then in Tucson uh, in February, or in October rather, I Astrologer. Really good if you're learning to be a professional astrologer uh, or you're interested in exploring that option as a career, plus beautiful Tucson, what's not to like, swimming pool and a resort. We go places where we have good food, swimming pools and resorts, and then we learn astrology. It's a beautiful combination. And then the education, the annual education conference in New York uh, in November. And uh, that will be the weekend of the, the 17th and the 18th, uh, run by the illustrious John Marcusella, who's the president of the New York chapter. And I'll be speaking at that. And that is going to be covering Jupiter and Scorpio and uh, the upcoming exciting transits ahead. So those are three events coming up. So mark your calendars if you can make it. We'd love to see you. This week, Access Astrology does not week meet on September 4th because we're off for Labor Day. But I will be, you know, working instead because I'm a good Virgo. Um, I'll be hosting a new moon webinar. Information available. There's a new moon in Virgo on my birth, the day before my birthday, on the 9th of September. So you can sign up for that meditate that meditation, or any, you know, you can you don't have to come tomorrow night uh the the you don't have to come on the fourth you can watch it the mp3 or the mp4 listen to the mp3 watch the mp4 anytime during the week for the new moon that is the ninth and it is a very big nice juicy virgo moon it's 17 virgo so i do encourage you to mark a little make a little space for yourself next sunday the ninth or the tenth to do a ritual because the virgo moon has really lovely closing aspects of a trine to Mars, and it's very juicy. Let's further ado into the day, into the week. Okay, get your moon calendars out. Let's rock and roll. Moon this week is going from, uh, it's waning, getting smaller and smaller, going towards a new moon, releasing, releasing, letting go, saying goodbye, so long, farewell. Uh, We're saying goodbye to summer. We're saying goodbye to lifeguards. We're saying goodbye to the city pools. Um, We're getting ready for the next chapter. Uh, so today, the moon's in Gemini. Today is Sunday the 2nd. The moon's in Gemini. And tomorrow, the 3rd. And on Wednesday, on the 4th at 2.37 in the morning, it goes void with a lovely trine to Venus. Right? Libra's, Venus is in Libra right now. Moon's in Gemini. So that's a really compatible, it's a compatible energy. And, of course, it's a little overcast. Uh, this weekend, but it is, it's, you know, it's like a weekend that's really kind of set up for some fun. Um, then, we're, again, we're off on Tuesday the 4th for the access group at Open Center. So no Tuesday group, but bright and early in the morning, the moon goes into Cancer at 8.04 a.m., and it's in Cancer Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday going void at 8.43 a.m. with an opposition to Mars. Right, so moon opposite Mars in Capricorn, moon in Cancer. That's a little more contentious and a little more setting things free or letting things go energy. So we want to kind of say, okay, we're going to let stuff go. And it's a little more emotional. You know, it's going to trigger the eclipses, uh, the eclipse from July. So just kind of watch that. That's going to happen on Wednesday afternoon. 
Um, so it brings up some emotional stuff that maybe needs to be let go from the eclipses. A little leftover stuff. Remember Saturn stationing direct this week. We didn't talk about that yet. But he's asking us to let go of the structures that are not working. Uh, so bright and early six and on the 6th, Thursday, the moon goes void at 8.43 a.m. in Cancer. And then shortly thereafter at 9.54, and again, these are Eastern times, he enters Leo. So he's in Leo on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning to 9.31 and Thursday and Friday, he's sex, his closing aspect is a sextile to Venus. So those days are good and productive and happy and forward motion and tra-la-la, and I'm, I'm in a better mood. Um, so that's good. And a forward motion energy, void moon for about an hour. And Saturday morning, the 8th, and then the moon goes into Virgo, the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, going void at 11 12 a.m. with a trine to Mars. So the Virgo moon next weekend, the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th, is also excellent for getting things accomplished and doing things. And there is a lovely new moon, uh, which, of course, is an initiating energy. Every every month there's a new moon in one of the houses in your chart. So in the point in the course of a year, you initiate new energy in each of the houses in your chart as it goes around. So this year, this month rather, the initiation energy is going to be in at seventeen Virgo. And that'll happen at two o'clock in the afternoon on the ninth, the Sunday the ninth. But that also says, okay, now we're initiating a new chapter, a new story, and that'll that'll be when we be when I'm going to be posting the information on the Tuscany trip on my website that day, uh, and allowing us to all move forward with that new moon energy in Virgo. You know, sun and moon in Virgo just always gets a lot done. So this week is like getting ready for for the fall energy of forward motion. And there's a lot of shifts and changes in the planets. So we're going to talk about those next. Most importantly, Saturn is going direct. And he's been going retrograde. Uh, He went retrograde on April 19th. And he entered his shadow way back on January 10th. Now, I want you to think about January 10th. That was when the Golden Globes happened, and there was a big Venus star point at 1819 of Capricorn, right? And Sun and Venus and Pluto all got together. And that week, Oprah got up there and made that great speech about we're all me too, no more me too. And then three days later, Donald said, you know, they're all shithole countries, So it was definitely a Venus, Sun, uh, Pluto, and Capricorn kind of time. So that was at 19. And the moon, of course, is 17, going to trine that, the new moon. But more importantly, Saturn's going to go direct. So what he does is he takes us all the way back to January 10th, January 9th, when he entered his shadow. And he says, over the last nine months, we've been heading in working in Capricorn land. And we worked in Capricorn land for a really long time. And we went forward and we did all this stuff and constructed all these things. And we got to April uh, 19th and we stopped at 9 Capricorn. And now we're going backwards. We went backwards, backwards, backwards. And now this week on September 5th, we stationed to go forward again at 233 Cap. Now remember when I was talking all summer and I was saying, hey, you know, the period of ages... Between 2 and 10, 0 and 10, real important, you're clearing them out. That's because Saturn was going backwards in this section of the sky 
in Capricorn, which, of course, the structures, the shame, the energy that Saturn brought to you around your life structure or framework from zero to nine was really being up and challenged, really more two and a half to nine, but that counts. And Mars, of course, was in Aquarius, uh, up got as high as nine, right? And the nodes of fate were in nine going down to zero. So we had all this stuff that kept saying, you know, working with your early childhood stuff, and those eclipses hit, that big one especially on July 27th, that was at five, and a lot of people's lives blew up on that eclipse. So, you know, boyfriends went crazy, and girlfriends went crazy, and people just screamed and yelled, and kids went crazy. So we're having a reenactment of that this week, folks, right? Because Saturn's going to station, he's going to stir up all that energy. But he's also going to say, hopefully you figured it out. Because now we are going full steam ahead, full steam ahead, past all the stuff, and into the new energies of Capricorn. So he is 90 miles an hour going forward, and he's retracing his territory from January to April over the next few months, and then he's into new sh- new territory. He goes into the 10s to 20s for next year. 10 to 20 of Capricorn, planets between 10 and 20. So big deal. Big deal Saturn stopping. Stops on Wednesday. Now when he has that, st- when, or I'm sorry, stops on uh, the 5th, yeah, which is Wednesday. No, stops on the 6th, which is Thursday. So the five days before, which includes today, right, and the five days after, we really feel it. So we're really going to feel Saturn slowing down. And he is going to ask us to restructure some stuff. Now, the next thing that's happening is Venus enters her shadow. She's got a retrograde this fall in Scorpio, which um, she has a Venus-Sun conjunction on the 26th of October, another Venus star point echoing the one that happened on Jan- in January when Saturn went rolling through this on the 10th. There was a Venus star point on the 9th, 10th, when Saturn entered his shadow. So Venus has one coming up, but in the meantime, she is entering her shadow this week, uh, and she's going to be retrograde. She's going to go as high as 10-2. You think there's a conspiracy out there among these planets? She's going to go as high as 10 in Scorpio, and then she's going to go retrograde back to the degree she's at now, which is uh, 24, 25, and she's going to go back to 27, sorry, the degree of on the 3rd. So she enters her shadow this week. So we start to hear about the Venus retrograde journey coming. And then, last but not least, Mars, who on May 16th left, entered Aquarius, and then last month, uh, when on the 12th of August, he went back into Capricorn, he was retrograde all summer, remember? Yeah, it feels like it was a long time ago. <laughs> he goes direct. He went. He went direct last Monday. John McCain died. Uh, Aretha Franklin died. Uh, forward we go, and now he's going forward, and he enters. He re-enters Aquarius this week um, on the uh, on the tenth. Um, so, but we're going to feel him going through the last digs of the last digs of Capricorn as he gets ready to go in. So, I, when he does this last bit part, I kind of go, "Oh yeah, he's just really stimulating that all up." And because he's in Capricorn, he wants to take action. Now, remember, Mars is also really out of bounds right now, so people are way out of bounds. You know, things are bigger, longer, stronger. You know, where we we're seeing Mars in a different way. So in, a, in Aretha's funeral, it was eight hours, right? And then the the bishop, I guess, was mean, mean to Ariana Grande, calling her a taco or something. 
Um, and then John McCain's, you know, funeral with uh, the eulogies and also, you know, not inviting the president, which is kind of big. You know, when you saw all the people that showed up for this um, this funeral and, and the president wasn't in, is invited. Um so it it uh, and the in the contrast, you know, watching the watching the listening to the eulogies. I don't hope you did. Some of them were really really excellent. Um, and I think it is you know marks a turning point for all of us. All, all funerals do that like that that catch the attention, that help us stop and pay attention. Um, whether you believed in his politics or believed in his work or not, it marks the end of an era. Similar to when Princess Di died back then, way back, and the whole world, country, the whole world kind of stopped. And one of the things, you know, when I remember when she passed, uh, one of the people I know who's very strong in myth- mythic stuff said she, you know, she held the myth for many of us. She she supported the myth. She carried it. And both Aretha and John carried a myth, carried, you know, their vision of the United States, their vision of music, their vision of what can happen what can be changed, how we can make effect change. So these strong, polarizing people, love them or hate them, they make us think. Uh, And uh, they help us understand we're at a turning point, you know. I know one of the things I'm really dreading down the road is like Bruce Springsteen dying, you know, because I know from my generation that's going to be like an amazing, when David Bowie left, it was just devastating. So these these departures really make us reflect on our life and our direction and and where we're going. And more importantly, why we're here, you know, because this astrology stuff gas you to turn and look inward and see what's up. So again, busy week, Saturn going direct, Mars, the last dregs of Capricorn out of bounds, entering his, entering Aquarius on May, uh, on Sunday, and May 16th he entered Aquarius before, so we're back to May 16th, that's what I was trying to say, back to that time, 13, 16, uh, and then we're also stimulating, because he is in uh, the last degrees of Capricorn, he's stimulating all things in last degrees of the signs, and then Venus entering your shadow, and then Saturn stationing to go direct, activating January 10th, and then April 19th. So those stories will be up for you to work again. And you're also going to go through Saturn one more time, through 2 to 9. So we're going to have an opportunity, all the stuff you worked on and got conscious about and you had psychological insights about, because that's what eclipses do, or you blew up or your relationship shifts, that all shifts this week with Saturn turning direct. Um, and going through this passage one more time. And then Mars will go through it one more time because he's going to hit Aquarius and go through it through the October 10th. And then we get to rest. (laughs) But in the meantime, full speed ahead. All right, so the sun in Virgo this week is going from 11 uh, through 17, 18. It has a quintile aspect to the node of fate on the third, which is pay attention to who you meet. They might be really important. It's parallel to Ceres on the third, which invites us to make a new commitment to our how we self-nurture or what we do. I know I got a couple things I'm thinking of signing up for uh, around better taking better care of myself, and I'm going to pull the trigger on them today. Actually, just in time for this Sun conjunct Ceres, which I didn't realize was happening until right now. Uh, the Sun is contraparallel Neptune, so the Sun has a couple aspects with Neptune this week on the fifth and the seventh. So contraparallel means he's fighting with him across the 
the parallels in the heavens, and then he's opposed to Neptune on the 7th. So what that does is, you know, it makes us look at a dream in a different way. It also makes us really kind of release the shake off or release the energy of mourning, and that's the 5th and the 7th. And it says, okay, now back to work, back to life, ready to go and do your thing. The sun uh, sesquiquadrate Mars on the 6th is a little bit of a stressful tension aspect, stressful tension aspect, I'm talking too fast, uh, where the Mars and the Sun, Saturn are kind of getting it, Sun are kind of getting into a little scuffle about how to proceed. Remember, Mars is in last degree at Capricorn, out of bounds, he's kind of bossy. And the Sun in Virgo is no slouch in the bossy department. So what they want to do is they want to collaborate. And I want you to think about this as your posture for the next month uh, until October 10th. Because of all the shifting energy and because of the forward motion, there's a thing called improv, and a lot of actors use the, you know, take training in it. And I think we all could use a little improv. And what happens on improv is we say yes and. And instead of saying, we go yes and, and we invite the conversation to continue and work towards a collaboration rather than contention. And I think this week we all ought to start to practice it when Saturn goes direct. Because it can be a little contentious out there, but it also is if we go yes and, the person has an opportunity to step in and go ba-ba, and we can collaborate and work together rather than having Cranky Krabby. Uh, we can also, you know, if we want to live with Cranky Krabby, totally cool. Not saying you can't, just suggesting you might want to say yes and, and do the collaborative approach. Because let me tell you, Contention is in the sky, and we can live in contention or we can live in yes and, uh, because it means there's an opposition. How do we work with them as opposed to fight with them? So then the sun also has a sesquiquadrate to Uranus on the 9th, which is kind of an unexpected change, and he has a biquintile to Eris on the 10th, which is a kickoff of, okay, how are we going to take action to change things? Because Eris is a planet of change. Mercury, very busy this week. He changes sign two. I didn't even mention that. He goes from 23 Leo to 8 Virgo. He's going quickly, and he has quite a few aspects. He changes signs on the 5th and goes into Virgo. So he's in Leo, which is me, 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 me. And then he goes into Virgo on the 5th, and he goes, serve, 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 serve. How can I help? So kind of watch for that shift changing. And, of course, we leave Leo behind. Mercury leaves Leo, and he says, ah, summer's over, babe. Got to go back to work. Got to go back to school. New, you know, new new lunchbox, new pencils, new pencils for your, your backpack. I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> well, Mercury says it's happening this week, and he says it happens on the 5th. Uh, he has a square to Juno, which is challenging partners and giving them a push and asking them to move in a new direction. He has a biquintile to both Pluto and Uranus, inviting them to uh, adjust their approach or adjust the power dynamics. He has a really nice sextile to Venus on the third. So the, everybody's getting along. It's kind of a getting along. That's the day you want to start doing yes and. Yes and. What about this? Yes and. Kind of you know working with it. Uh, because then everybody goes, oh, yes, and we're working together. So that makes his contraparallel on the 4th a little less little less contentious, his contraparallel with Venus. He has an adjusting aspect 
uh, with both Ceres and um, Mars on the 5th of September. Uh, and that is really kind of saying, okay, back to work, back to school, get it organized. And I would suggest, because the aspects are good, on uh, Monday and Tuesday, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are departing aspects, right, letting go of things. Tuesday, Wednesday are departing aspects, letting go of stuff. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all really productive, creative aspects. So I would suggest you kind of work with Mercury clearing stuff out on the 5th and then really harness his energy for creative after that. Um, Then we go into Mercury entering Virgo, and then he joins up with Pallas Athena, so he has a strategic plan. He also has trines. He forms a grand trine to Uranus and Saturn on the 7th, which is very creative and very fun. He has aspects and, and really is a great time to launch stuff that 7th, 8th, or get stuff ready. Uh, he also has a um, aspect to the nodes of fate on the 8th, which is about choices and directions to go, and pushes into kind of new territory in terms of expansion on the 9th with his quintile to Jupiter. Venus, of course, enters her shadow on the 3rd, and she's in Libra, and she enters Scorpio this week on the 9th. Right, three planet changes, um, and Saturn going direct. The personal planets are all changing energy. So she gets much more passionate. Right as she enters uh, as she enters Scorpio, she has a big old whopping fight with Mars on the 8th uh, as she squares him, and she says, you know what, I think I'm done here. And that's a big breakup day, uh, even though the moon is in the moon's in a nice sign. People are going, you know what, I, I, we've been talking about this all summer. I think I'm done. Saturn's gone direct. Venus squares Mars, and everybody goes, done, finished. And then an inconjunct Chiron on the 10th, which says new new direction, new new perspective, uh, new way of looking at working with stuff. Mars this week, of course, he enters Aquarius next week on the 10th. But this week he also has a trine to Ceres, uh, in Capricorn, which makes for very creative energy, <coughs> on the 3rd of September. And then, of course, Saturn stationing direct on the 6th at 2.33. Uh, and then Saturn has a trine to Athena, too. So there's two grand trines. There's an early grand trine and a late grand trine in Earth, making it very good week for manifesting or getting things physically done. Pallas Athena also enters Virgo on the 4th, and Ceres enters Libra on the 6th. So this is a rocking and rolling week, full steam ahead, 90 miles an hour, lots going on, overshadowed by the Saturn station, most of it, but underneath all the changes, and then also uh, paying attention to, um, as planets now really start to rocket, you know, we had Mars go direct last week. We're going to have Saturn going direct this week. We're going to have Pluto going direct next week. All the personal planets are changing into new signs. So it's like a fresh new energy coming in, and all the pools in the city close. <laughs> so on that note, I wish you a very merry week ahead for the week of September 2nd, and I hope you activate all your planets. Get that rulership book. It's a good investment and start saving your pennies for Tuscany or one of the other options. You can hear me speak. And have a great day, folks. I'm uh, off to go to work again. I'm off tomorrow to the last day of the pools. Uh, but today I'm working at, the, working at the bright red desk. So I wish you all a great holiday uh, and enjoy Labor Day. Big hugs. Have, a, have some corn on the cob. Take care. Bye-bye.